Get your sporting fix. Friday Sport on Wellington Mornings with RS Lane Panel and Fate. Get in the fast lane. RSLane.nz. News Talk ZB. to talk sport on a Friday morning as we always do. Legendary sports commentator Grant Nisbet, uh, Wellingtonian, joins us now. Morning, Nisbet. G'day, Nick. Well, I know you'll be a bit shady this morning because that was one hell of a game of football. Uh, exactly what rugby needed exactly at the right time. Look, it was, absolutely. Particularly the second half. I remember thinking at half time when it was 10 all, this is a bit of a dud game. We'd had yellow cards um, and just mediocre rugby. But, boy, the second half, did it take off? And it's going to go down as one of the most controversial games, I think, um, certainly in Bledisloe Cup history, if not in, in um, you know, world rugby history. Nisbo, can I ask you, obviously, I come from a basketball background. Um, the NBA, about 10 or 12 years ago, brought these new rules in to stop referees from making decisions that they really didn't need to make that could change a game in the last 20 seconds. Now, that's what happened last night. Did that decision really have to be made? It did change the game. And will we see anything out of it? Yeah, good point. Absolutely. It didn't sit well with me, I've got to say. Um, I mean, if you go to the letter of the law, he was probably right. But, you know, rugby down the ages has been um, sort of littered with these kind of things happening. And you see it. A lot. I mean, if you watch the Springboks, for instance, when they go to a line-out, they take about 30 seconds to get there. Technically, technically, the referee could blow up a, a um, free kick, as he did last night. The number of scrums that collapse and have to be put together again. I mean, technically, absolutely. I don't know what it is with these French referees. You go back to the end of the Lions series in 2017, the referee on that occasion decided he wanted to change the laws of the game and cost the All Blacks the Lions series. Um, technically, I think he was right last night, but it just didn't sit right with me at all, Nick. It, it was a decision that didn't need to be made. And let's, if we were discussing it this morning and the All Blacks had been on the end of that, oh. the boot had been on the other foot, how the hell would we be talking about it this morning? Yeah, and that's, you know, as I go back to my point, a referee should not decide the outcome of a game. And for me, in a little way, he did last night. He did, absolutely he did. Yes, I agree. And, uh, yeah, as I say, uh, it didn't sit well with me at all. And, I mean, rugby's a funny game. I've always said that when the ball is dead, that as an American sport, and you being a basketball fan, I know better than most, just stop the clock. Yeah. He could yeah. have said to the bloke, look, you're taking too long, I'm going to stop oh. the clock. Yeah, 100%. And then the moment you kick, we'll start the clock again. But... You know, I mean, rugby's a funny game like that. I've, I've always felt that there wasn't enough rugby played in 80 minutes. And the way to get around that is to stop the clock when the ball is dead. Absolutely. Now, one other thing I want to ask you, because I think, uh, and I know that we're both old school, but is the TMO starting to take too much control over a game? Because the stoppage for one of the incidents in the first half, I reckon, you know, I was looking at my watch because I was trying to get some sleep and I was looking at, I think it was five minutes that we just went backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards and looked at it at every angle. Do we really need to do that? No, no, we don't. I mean, if it's, if it's straight out foul play, um, then maybe, and if the referee doesn't see it, but you've got to remember, 
going back a bit, the referee was the sole judge, really, and the yeah. blokes on the sideline had no say. Now they do. So that's three people involved. Now we're involving a fourth person. Um, surely uh, three people can pick it up. Do we really need a fourth one? I mean, sometimes we need confirmation of whether a try has been scored, whether the ball's been forced, whether a bloke's got his foot in touch and all that sort of thing. But there's way too many delays. Uh, you're dead, right? And I can imagine, uh, Nick, you were looking at your clock thinking, I'll never get to bed. <laughs> I was I was in bed, definitely watching it in bed. This part. I was thinking, I'm going to be a grumpy old bugger tomorrow, aren't I? That's what I was thinking. I didn't I, I didn't have the, the uh, benefit of having breakfast brought to me in bed like you did this morning, Lara. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, let's talk about some visa issues. International sport. Netball is probably one of the top three international sports in New Zealand. Surely they should have been able to get the visa issues for the Jamaican team sorted out for this tournament. I don't think I've ever seen this happen before. Have you? No, this is bizarre, isn't it, really? I mean, how long have we known that this uh, this tournament, this three-match series, is on? Uh, how long have we known about it? And um, why isn't somebody... Now, I don't, know, I don't know where you point the finger, whether you point it at this end or the other end. I'm not sure, but... Um, I don't even know the technicalities. Why do your passports have to go to Washington, D.C. for a start-off? That's what I... That's um, an international visa, must have been, I was thinking. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know that. But, yeah. hey, there's been a serious, um, serious breakdown here, hasn't there, really? And, and to have to postpone a game a day... I mean, what amazes me anyway is that the Jamaicans were only going to turn up, I think, today a for a game tomorrow... <laughs> You come halfway around the world and you're expected to play the next day. I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was thinking, holy moly, that must be good travellers. Now, I know that you'll have a favourite moment and I know that you'll have a, a story to tell us because everybody uh, has a favourite moment of probably in my lifetime, uh, I think, the greatest person tennis player, Roger Federer, Federer who's announced his retirement. Yeah, what a great player. You're right. And, and I think we tend to forget that he actually played in Auckland as a youngster, played in um, what is now known as our professional tournament. Um, and I don't know whether we knew when he first came uh, over 20 years ago whether he was going to turn out to be one of the greatest players of all time. I think he's... Nick, I haven't got any um, particular things, but I think he's uh, the people's favourite. Now, statistically, he's not going to be a Nadal or a Djokovic because he hasn't won enough uh, Grand Slams. He's won 20 and they've already gone past him. So when you're talking about the greatest of all time, you probably go with the statistics. But I think it's more about uh, Federer on and off the court. Yeah. Remarkable, just remarkable. Everybody liked Roger Federer. You talk to people, a lot of people don't like Djokovic. A lot of people don't like Nadal. Um, people have an opinion, but I haven't met anybody who doesn't like Federer? I just think he was a remarkable sportsman. He won the Grand Slam. He won them all, the Aussie, the French, the Wimbledon, the US. He wasn't that flash on the clay uh, where Nadal beat him, I think, four times in, uh, in French Open finals, but he did get one. He won Olympic gold. He won the Davis Cup. Uh, don't forget he's also the father of two sets of twins, uh, over the last decade or so. So just a remarkable person, really. Yeah, I'm glad you said that family man thing because I think that was probably also something that he did to the, always travel with his family, always had the great... Uh, can I tell you my quick story about Roger Federer? I was a visiting family in Melbourne when the Open was on and I was at the Sky... Uh, I wasn't gambling, but I was at the Sky Casino and that, he played... I don't know whether you remember it, you probably won't remember, but he played this game when he was very, very young, just breaking onto the scene that went to about 1 o'clock in the morning 
morning in Australia. It was a semi-final. He lost it. The next morning, I was flying back to New Zealand, and I didn't know that, but in front of me in the queue uh, was Roger Federer and his manager. And I'd been up to one o'clock in the morning in Australia. It would have been three o'clock New Zealand's time watching this Roger Federer, who I'd never even heard of, play this amazing game of tennis. And I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, hell, you wouldn't have got much sleep. You must be a bit stuffed. And he talked to me and he shook my hand. He said, tell me about it. How's that for a story? He said, <laughs> tell, me, story. tell me about it. I looked at him and, uh, and my son and my, and my wife were with me. And they didn't think anything of it, but we laugh about it now because it was Roger Fitzgerald. Remember he had that manager with the long hair that he always toured with and everything? You know, that they were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were there and as friendly as hell. Nobody's, just like us, you know? Well, that's why I think, that's why I think I'd, I'd call him the people's champion. Um, <laughs> statistically, he's not going to be able to beat Djokovic on a dial. That, that, that chance is gone, but... I think if you asked uh, 100 people, uh, pretty much the whole 100 would say they like Roger Federer as a bloke. Yeah. Nisbo, are you doing the game in uh, Eden Park next week? Yes, I am, mate, oh, yes. thank God for that. Common sense <laughs> common sense prevails. Thank God for that. Nisbo, always a pleasure. Always great to chat. Appreciate uh, you taking the time this morning. Good luck next uh, Saturday. They're calling it a dead rubber. I am so excited for it. I am so ready for it. It's We're never... still going to win the championship, remember? Yeah, and it's not a dead rubber when you play Australia at Eden Park, is it? Ever. <laughs> dead right. <laughs> All right. Always a pleasure, Nisbo. Thank you very much. Grant Nisbo, Grant Nisbet, the legendary Wellingtonian and sports commentator. Get your sporting fix. Friday Sport on Wellington Mornings with RS Lane Panel and Fate. Get in the fast lane. RSLane.nz. News Talk ZB.